Welcome to the special best of edition of the Gary Wilkerson podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, we hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. I pray that the, we as Christians get beyond uh, sort of always happy peppy, um, bursting with uh, songs. Uh, that is where we were meant to live, but to get there sometimes, you don't get there through denial, you get there through facing the crisis of life, the hardship of life, the suffering of life, uh, the pain of life. And, but once you do, you come out of that with a, a maturity that you would not have. Many of us have struggles that we aren't comfortable sharing with others. These secret sins seem so taboo that we worry that if we told anyone, they might stop speaking to us. Often these deep soul wounds manifest as anxiety or anger or other sins that affect all of our relationships with family, friends, and community. So how do we get to the root of our issues? How do we find healing from these sins that constantly seem to trip us up? One way to make sure we're on the road to recovery is to receive daily biblical encouragement. World Challenge offers daily devotional emails you can sign up for at worldchallenge.org. And now here's our host, Bob Dimmer. Welcome back to another Gary Wilkerson podcast, and we hope you're enjoying these podcasts that we're doing every week. And if you are, we would ask that you would subscribe, rate, review, and share them with your friends so that others can enjoy these podcasts as well. And Gary, we're going to be talking about a topic today that I think follows a theme of a lot of things that we talk about here, and that is how do Christians navigate life? Life throws a lot of stuff at us, doesn't it? But the Bible tells us a lot about how to get through those problems. And I think that's your heart, isn't it, to try to deal with those hurts and problems and fears? It is. That's, re- that's the reason I wanted to do this with you, Bob, mm-hmm. was to, uh, you know, you know I, I don't have the opportunity uh, because I travel so much is to sit down with people sort of on the pastor's couch, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 40 years of pastoring. Uh, so many people came in and you know, just just seeing the miracles, the the power of the gospel, uh, lives transformed. You know, marriages that were hanging by a thread uh, healed, and then I get to you know three years later, I'm dedicating their baby. Um, you know, happy happily married. Uh, the the mom who's in my office and she's weeping because her teenage son is on drugs and has run away from home, and she doesn't know where he is, and he can't she can't sleep at night, and 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 and, and, and there's two resolves to that. One is that the you know, we hear the stories of the prodigal son come home, and that's rejoicing. Other times, the son doesn't come home, but the mother begins to learn to trust God, mm-hmm. and and so the, again, the, the the pastor's office there is mm-hmm. is this this place of healing, and grace. So it was kind of my hope to to take these these issues of people that are, that are hurting and with addictions and uh, need healing in life, um, and 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 put it in a context where we context where we could try to be honest about it, because I think so many people that experience their Christian faith. Um, in the in um, the realm of the superficial, of um, the, the happy go to church, smiling, how are you? I'm fine, yeah. kind of faith that you would never dare talk about. Uh, you know, I looked at pornography last night, or um, I I almost slapped my son, you know, my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you know, we would never talk about those things sometimes in church, and so mm-hmm. um, and so we're, we're since since we don't bring them to the light, they never get healed, mm-hmm. and so. I'm, I'm hoping we, you know, continue to speak. We have in the past, and I think it would be uh, behoove us to continue to speak to issues that uh, maybe are deep and penetrating. That maybe people go like, eh, I don't know if I want to hear about." 
You know, every time we have a podcast, it's about anxiety or stress or fear <laughs> or uh, how to deal with depression or uh, addictions. You know, when my son was on here, uh, yeah. we talked about it, you know, his addiction. And so uh, these are hard issues, but I think they're so important. And I pray that the, we as Christians get beyond uh, sort of always happy peppy, um, bursting with um, songs. Uh, that is where we are meant to live. But to get there sometimes... You don't get there through denial. You get there through facing the crisis of life, the hardship of life, the mm-hmm. suffering of life, uh, the pain of life. And But once you do, you come out of that with a, a maturity that you would not have. That's the whole purpose. Why does God allow pain and suffering in our life? It, it, it is to grow us. It's to mature us. It's uh, So without that, so that was a long answer to yeah. a very simple introduction well, there. I, I, and I like the answer. Right? What did Nikki Cruz say when he was on with us? We should be the Holy Ghost Hospital is what the church ought to be, right? right? And and right. I guess for those who may not be in the church or are afraid to go to the church because of some of these issues, maybe they're getting some instruction from you uh, from these podcasts. I yeah. certainly hope so. Yeah. Well, the topic we're going to talk about today, we've talked about before, but it's one that uh, is so important. I think we're going to bring it up again, and it's one you probably often heard when you were a pastor. And that was uh, Christians dealing with fear, anxiety, and stress, and, and how do we get through it? Um, I don't know who said this, but somebody had this quote, worry is like a good rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably true, but we all sit there and rock all day long and worry about our fears and our anxieties. Uh, we've talked about this before and, and about the issue as an issue of faith. It's an issue of not understanding ourselves and God. But another one, isn't it uh, truly we're focused too much on ourselves. If we have the, a lot of these anxieties and fears, although they may be well-positioned, we just think too much about ourselves. Is that true, do you think? Thinking too much of ourselves in the wrong way um, is, is unhealthy. Being self-absorbed, selfish is, is, is totally um, going to lead us in the wrong direction. To think of ourselves in terms of <clears throat> every day, um, how am I doing? Um, so, so, so I think of my, I think of myself every day a lot, mm. but I don't think of myself as selfish. What I think about is, what are, what are, what do I value in life? Um, so my values have shifted as I've grown. I used to value success and fame and fortune and notoriety and uh, you know financial success and all, all these kind of things. Being you know well known as a minister, so mm. those were my values. So every morning I wake up and I make a decision based on that. Mm. Uh, my values have changed now. It's like I, I want to. I want some of the simple things that the Bible talks about to be a man who loves well, and receives love well, uh, has grace, has generosity, freedom, contentment. Uh, the, and those aren't selfish because those are the power tools that make ministry, life, uh, giving to others successful. Not. Success doesn't come when I'm striving to be famous and mm-hmm. uh, make a name for myself. Matter of fact, the opposite happens. I don't have anything to give. It's 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 selfishness. Mm-hmm. The kind of but self in 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 its best context of of uh, you know we said this before agapeing yourself, mm-hmm. uh, love yourself as you love your uh, the way you love your neighbor, love yourself. Mm-hmm. And that word is agape. And so that, I don't think that's selfish to, to to wake up every morning and spend some time in your devotional life, not only worshiping or asking for things, but uh, uh, taking a moment to say, okay, what do I value? Uh, I value love. So uh, yesterday, how did I love? Okay, you know, I said that to this person, and I neglected that, and I so so that wasn't love. So Lord, you know, cleanse that part of me, and give me new strength, and uh, so that's so that, I think that depends on that, that question. Really depends on the energy behind what is taking place in the self. If it's an ener- if it's an energy that says uh, this self that I have. 
the true the true me that God created is important uh, and valuable to God and valuable to others, and I belong uh, in in a community. And so I want to be the best self I can be, not just so I can uh, be happy and uh, you know financially secure, or whatever, but so that I have something to give to others. That type of self is is, is really important. Whereas the the other type is just uh, being self-absorbed. You know, I, I think when I'm thinking of myself and, and I'm having anxiety over it, it may be because I didn't offer what I thought I should offer. I have nothing to give, but it's because I kind of want to prompt myself up in many ways. Mm-hmm. They kind of go real closely hand in hand, don't mm-hmm. they? You'd separate one from the other. Yeah, the anxiety, when, when you're examining yourself and you're full of anxiety, that's, that's a signal that something's off, but it's not necessarily... You know, sometimes we think, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm anxious. Uh, and, and there can be sin and anxiety because it's a lack of trust. But also it can be a signal. You know, a, a lot of our emotions that we label as sinful are actually gifts, uh, you know, that uh, in, in the right context, mm-hmm. not, not to get stuck in anxiety. But when I'm anxious, it's, 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 like, it's like a gift of a signal that, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute, something's wrong. Maybe I'm anxious. Uh, maybe there's stress. Uh, because I made a decision based on needing to be popular, mm-hmm. and now I have to go through, jump through all these hoops to get there. So there's a lot of stress in my life that doesn't need to be there. Whereas the opposite of that would be uh, knowing who you are in Christ. Um, you know, again, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, this looking at yourself through the right lens, taking some time to to understand. Okay, why am I anxious now? Oh, okay, that's you're actually helping me, Lord, by letting my body feel that anxiousness mm-hmm. because it's showing I'm misdirecting my life and now I'm going to go back to my values so this morning I woke up and I said I value love I value grace I value contentment I value peace and now I'm anxious I don't have peace so the the values that you put in my heart or the biblical values that you have for me are not being realized in my life so I'm uh, the Bible's over here and I'm over here I've got to align those two things together and so uh, that the anxiety draws me back the stress draws me back the even anger draws me back. And so, uh, you know, if you're driving down the road and, you know, somebody cuts in front of you and you honk and yell and scream, it's like, okay, well, my value of, of, of peace, I'm going to let that guy rob me of mm. my higher value to live a life of peace. That anger showed me, okay, I'm off, I'm off value now. And, and to return to the Lord, as mm. you know, the scripture says, the returning to the Lord is not just you were backslidden and now you've got to come to the altar and pray and get saved again. Yeah. Uh, returning to the Lord is often returning to the core values that he's put in our life. You've mentioned uh, one word a couple of times uh, since we've been talking about that, and it's contentment. And I guess that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? If I'm not content, I will be anxious. I will be stressful. Mm-hmm. I'll be fearful. So how do we become content even if we don't have the things that we want? Well, the question is then what, what makes you content? Your values, again, uh, drive your contentment. Mm-hmm. So if my values are fame, fortune, success, uh, to be uh, adored and applauded, um, then I'll only be content when I get that. Uh, the problem with that is you're totally dependent on outside uh, validation. It's, it's like if you like me, then I'll feel good about myself. Then I can't be content. So I have to try to please you. I have to... Uh, appease you. I have to be somebody else. I, like I have to figure out what, who, who does Bob like? What kind of guy does he like? Mm-hmm. He likes uh, real serious smart guys. So Bob, did you know how smart I am? <laughs> so you're not yourself yeah. and you'll never be content. You'll never be peaceful. Mm-hmm. You'll never accept yourself. Uh, you'll always feel shame and guilt and st- striving. And so uh, contentment is born out of understanding biblical values, wanting those biblical values, 
and then asking for the grace to live in those biblical values. And when you see yourself aligned to those things, you go like, okay, that's, that's contentment. It's, um, it's, not, uh, it's not when I make a million dollars. It's when I, when, if my value is to love my wife well, well, that's more within my control. Uh, to get my wife to love me is not within my control. And so it kind of goes back to that, uh, and I'm sure a lot of listeners aren't sort of, you know, uh, AA type people, 12 mm-hmm. steps, but you know, the, the serenity prayer, mm-hmm. I, I think is a really important one. I believe it was attributed to St. Francis to, to accept the things I cannot change and to change the things I can. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of us are trying to change the things we can't change. Uh, again, getting fame, fortune, success, mm-hmm. value through um, applause. Uh, you can't change that. And if you live for that, you're going to make wrong decisions mm-hmm. and your life is going to be, you, there's no way you're going to find contentment. You're always going to be striving for something. On the other hand, if you have the value of, of loving, well, you, I, I can control that. I, I can't control my wife whether she loves me or not, although I'm thankful that she does mm-hmm. after 41 years <laughs> of marriage. But um, it, it's, it's more, uh, you know, give, give me the grace to, to um, surrender to you uh, the things that, that are out of my control and surrender to you also the things that are in my control so that I have the power mm-hmm. to do those. And that, that, that brings... Uh, that brings the peace. And again, as I said, not to repeat myself, but then any time you feel those other emotions that are uh, classified as negative emotions, you see those as signals. And, and again, strangely, maybe even as a little bit of a gift because it's like, oh, okay, that's, uh, it's a discipline. You're showing me, you're, you're, you're maybe, you have created my human nature in such a way as when I get anxious, it's a s- signal that something is off in the things that I truly value or that I should value. Because sometimes we don't even know what to value, mm-hmm. and that, that's a whole another program well, in that itself. Was, that was going to be the next question. Uh, if I've, you've got people listening and watching or saying, yeah, you just identified my values. They're way off track. Yeah. How do I reform my values? How do I right. go about doing that? Yeah. My values were off when my soul was off. So if my soul was empty and feeling worthless, the, it, it, it's, it's too painful to say, all I want to live for is peace and joy and contentment and generosity and loving others deeply because I, I don't believe that's going to give me success and fame and fortune. That's, those are too, uh, too moderate. They're too uh, just, just average. And so the, the, the empty heart is always driven for to be spectacular, uh, to be super incredible, uh, to be above the crowd, whereas I think the kingdom mentality is like – I'm thankful that I'm breathing and there's joy in my heart and he's forgiven my sins. They, they seem to be unspectacular, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are, these are the very temptations that Jesus faced from Satan. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, throw yourself off the top of the thing. Wow, that's mm-hmm. spectacular. Make stones into bread. Wow, that's, you're going to get people from all over the world coming to see you do that. And so the temptation of Jesus was maybe you're not enough, Jesus, and so do these things to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the temptation that throws your values off if if you start with that that the the the, the that, that I call it the core wound mm-hmm. and so most people don't even have an, even identified what their core wound is my wife and I we pray over this regular her core wound is I I'm, I fear I don't have a voice so sometimes she says something and somebody doesn't respond to her she, mm-hmm. that that hits that core wound again she goes see that or me even you're not listening to me mm-hmm. um, and so she realizes that that core wound is going to create the wrong values I need to be heard. I demand to be heard. But if she gets that core wound healed and she goes like, I have a voice, Jesus gave me a voice, mm-hmm. then she's able to just speak and it doesn't matter whether people respond positively or not. 
my core wound was, I don't feel like I'm ever enough. I, no, no matter what I do, it's just not enough. I, and so out of that core wound, then what am I going to do? I got to I gotta throw myself off the pinnacle. I gotta mm-hmm. change the, the 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 stones into bread. I gotta do something to be to be. Since I feel like I'm below average, I have to prove I'm above average. Mm-hmm. So I can never just be average. And I used to think average is the worst thing you could be, because that would confirm my deepest suspicions of my core wound. But now I'm saying like, hey, to be average is 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 nice. It's I can wake up in the morning. I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to be. I don't have to thrill the world. I don't have to have the best sermon. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's it's awful to, no matter how many times you preach and no matter how many people's lives you touch that, and you leave the pulpit feeling like, I'm such a failure, that was a terrible sermon. Mm-hmm. And that's no way to live. That's that's the stress. Mm-hmm. That's the anxiety. That's the fear of not being enough. Mm-hmm. And so my values changed only when my heart changed. And I went like, you know, Jesus, you're, you're teaching me, and I want to believe this now about myself, that you have given me value. You have given me belonging. You have given me love. And now I'm not striving for it so mm-hmm. I can... I can change my values now is, is to be gracious to others and to be kind to others and to be content and peaceful. Stop striving and know that I'm God, in other That's words, right? right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, he is. He's, he's in control. And he's not just in control of, of uh, hurricanes and wars. He's in control of, of uh, the internal things that he cares about in our life. Do you recommend people pray to know what that uh, core hurt is? Yes. Yeah, uh, I recommend pray. I recommend a community, have somebody that you can honestly talk to. Uh, most, I think men particularly have a, a hard time with this. I ask this whenever I travel around the world. I said, you know, put up your hand and show us, name five friends. I just did this last week, mm-hmm. and three-fourths of the pastors in the room couldn't do it. And you just see the look of almost like terror in their face. Like it hit them like, wow, I'm mm-hmm. ministering to thousands, but I don't even have a few friends that I can talk to. Um, about that. And then again, it's, there's a process of rather than being very superficial as a Christian and in denial, it's to actually face the pain to say, hey, there is something inside of me. And you don't have to go back to your childhood and say, my mom did this, or my mm-hmm. dad did this. You, you can actually look at it today. Like, again, we'll use that experience of you're in the car, you're driving, mm-hmm. uh, somebody cuts in front of you, and this rage and this anger comes in. And so, okay, you know, uh, you can deal with your own heart issues saying, like, okay, I'm always, I always get angry when people cut me off on the road so where does that come from and so that's th- that you can examine it not by having to go back to your childhood like a, a psychiatrist might do but but you can do it in the daily events and i think that's what jesus does is he takes you today and says okay you know you just um okay so for me as an example um when i was in my 30s late 20s and early 30s i was struggling with pornography and um you know so this this lust would stir up in my heart and, I, and it's like okay now how do i how do i stop that it's mm. like uh bootstrap it and just say i'm not going to look or mm. uh you know just uh, or just that re- that re- repetitive repentance and stuff mm. and it wasn't until i realized it's okay i have to deal with this and not just on the superficial level of promising i'll never do it again or but i had to get healed on the inside mm. and again it goes back to the core wound mm. if you never if you feel like you're never enough then you you need some kind of ex- external stimulation. Ah, oh, that felt good. Yeah. And so uh, sin is born out of out of uh, uh, the core pain and the core choices we make because of of that pain. I'm not saying that sin has an excuse. Like, oh, you poor soul, you you looked at pornography because you're a victim. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. Um, you are responsible for your sin. I was responsible for my sin. I was a sinner in in mm-hmm. in doing that. But it was two things. I had to to deal with the fruit that I saw, which was the sin, mm-hmm. but I had to deal with the root as well as the healing. And I think our churches are very well versed at dealing with the the sin 
and the and the fruit, but very poorly uh, schooled and uh, able to deal with the root of it, which is the need for healing uh, of of the of the soul. And so, uh, again, the pornography issue would be the healing of the masculine soul, that that you don't have to look outside to get love and validation it's already in you and then you don't need that then and so for me the pornography died off when i felt like uh, okay i don't need some kind of stirring like that because i'm already stirred because of the the deeper love that i have now mm-hmm. so that does it's it, it's taking a look at the pain it's taking a look at the struggle you have and going much deeper than the superficial saying mm-hmm. like i'll never do that again uh, I know it's hard for a lot of Christians to go into their church and talk about these issues. What do you suggest they do if they're in a church where they just don't feel they can? What do you recommend? Um, I would recommend uh, finding uh, just a handful of uh, trusted uh, comrades, some friends that uh, that you can be honest with. Uh, and you'll, you'll know it when you start a conversation. Um, I've got a few friends like that that outside of the context of a, even a small group that you might join in a church that, that's usually not the place for fullest disclosure but if you have if you have a, a group of two or three friends and those should be people that you are intentional about you actually have a conversation with them saying i choose to to come into a relationship with you that is going to if you're willing we're going to go beyond the surface and i'm going to tell you some things about me that you know might cause you to reject mm-hmm. me or cause you to fear me or cause mm-hmm. me to cause you to view me in poor light, but I want to risk that because I need somebody like that in my life and and see, and normally they don't reject you or hate you or mm-hmm. look bad about you. It opens up their heart. They go like, mm-hmm. oh, you struggle with that too? Yeah. Man, yeah. so do me. And I've never talked to anybody about that. Mm-hmm. So I had a guy in my office the other day in his probably early 70s and we started talking and I mentioned something about an experience he had when he was in his 20s, uh, a veteran, and a war experience he had, and he started talking. He said, I've never told anybody. He started telling me this. Mm-hmm. He said, I've never told anybody that. T- tears were rolling down mm-hmm. his face in his 70s. This is like mm-hmm. 50 years later. Mm-hmm. He never told me that. And so, and I, and I, you know, just, I realized that it's like so few of us have safe places. Yeah. He'd been in church his whole life, but didn't have a safe place. So finding somebody, you won't find somebody until you're willing to be honest, though. And you're not going to be willing to honest, honest if you are believing you're, not worth it. You're not valuable. You don't belong. It's too risky. If you already feel you don't belong, and then I come to say, say I come to you, and Bob, say I'm coming to you, Bob. I don't feel like I. I don't say that, but I'm coming to you with, with an internal sense of I, I don't belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to come to say to you something that might make me not belong to you again. Mm-hmm. Then that's too risky. That's yeah. too much pain. Yeah. <clears throat> if I come to you saying like, whether Bob receives me or rejects me. I know I belong. Uh, I'm, I'm a child of God. I know who I am. I have value. I have worth. Therefore, I can risk true community uh, going beyond the surface. That's where true healing comes from. Uh, it's it's a catch-22, though, because to really the sense of not belonging may be the very thing you need to talk to. So there's risk involved in it as well. I'm not saying you have to be totally healed before you can build community because you need that community. But I would not risk it in... I wouldn't stand up on a Sunday morning say uh, during testimony time like, hey, you know, I'm I'm dealing with pornography, uh-huh. uh, but I would find those trusted friends. If you're struggling, don't become discouraged. The Holy Spirit often uses good Christian community to help us heal from our deepest wounds. As we pursue God alongside others, we will find freedom in His view of our lives, rather than from the broken messages within. 
The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.